I still, we still haven't figured out an answer to that question I asked you. Do you remember the question? About how do you get hair in your nose and ears? Oh, uh, that was, yeah, that was, um, that was the other question. What level of fame do you have to reach to get a rest stop named after you? I think you got to get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Um, Hey, welcome to Jersey Smarties Podcast with your hosts, Sam and John. What's going on, my friend? Nothing much, big guy. How are you? I'm living the dream, you know, taking care of stuff. You know, I'm really excited tonight. Uh, I, we got one of the, the great guys in um, our field and in life. He's got over uh, 10 years experience. Um, he's a Pokemon collector, a Marvel enthusiast. He is, more importantly, a very talented cook. I, I I don't say that much about people because I'm I'm usually very picky, but he is an amazing cook. Um, he's just an amazing guy. He's the Bucky of uh, the Marvel Universe here, uh, Ed. Um, how you doing, buddy? Doing good, man. Thanks well, for having me. Welcome, uh, Ed. Welcome. Good. Thank you. Thank you. So, Ed, so let's Ed, talk a little bit about you. Um, tell us um, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are. So, yeah, I started in the, just professionally, clean dishes as a kid. I had to make some money, so I worked at an Italian deli and did that for a number of years and became a server, bartender, and through that, that process, I kind of knew that's, like, the culinary field isn't where I wanted to be. It was fun, but it, the, the lifestyle isn't something that I wanted. And um, when I was in school, I, I found psych and I found research. And in the process of that, I was like, okay, cool. Like I see there's this overnight position. Cool. I can take that and get started as a DSP. Or at then it was a residential counselor, actually. So I want to get back to something you just said a few seconds ago. John, we're going to have to have Ed on when we um, talk about, uh, about our Vanderpump rules and ask him if they made the drinks to his uh, – to his standard as a bartender. Yeah, I, I I got a lot of questions in that era. I could totally see him on Vanderpump Rules behind the bar, right? You could see him. You could see him. I, the, yes. Taking that I shaker. Taking that shaker, smiling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just going like, about yeah. it. Yeah, what's up, Lala? How yeah. about this, Lala? Yeah, I could see that. Yep. Jax, totally. come get the drink. You know, pouring some, some stiff drinks. Mm-hmm. You said something funny. You, you said, you said the culinary field wasn't wasn't you, you, it didn't I guess interest you or or it, it's something that didn't interest me. It was a it was a lifestyle, right? Um, and so I always knew it was hard work, um, long hours. You're, you're committed to it, but I'll be honest with you. A, a big part of it was the the lifestyle after you're done working. So when I was bartending and serving. A lot of nights, you know, close the bar down and you wind up hanging out and drinking, hanging out with your friends because they're friends at your time till four or five in the morning. And, like, you know, it just it wasn't a lifestyle that I found sustainable. It's not something I like because it happens once it's going to happen again. And I kind of looked at it and I'm like, this isn't the lifestyle I want. Uh, and so I, I knew from that moment that's not where I wanted to be. It was great to make the cash. Right. I was making some buku mm -hmm. bucks, but um, I like sleep. 
but you guys know that I like my sleep. I like my structure. I like my schedule. And that's not something that was, uh, I knew long-term wasn't going to be healthy for me. You so know, that's right. where I, I think I shared with both you guys. I worked as a, um, I started off as a, as a bus boy. And then I worked as a dishwasher for a while. I became a short order cook. And then, um, I got into cooking. I loved cooking and I wanted to go to culinary school. That was kind of one of my dreams to open up my own restaurant. I wanted to open up, uh, like a French slash Italian restaurant and, um, really like take it up a notch. And I learned how to make soups and garmage, making all the wonderful fruits and then the bakery stuff. Like there's a lot of art that goes into cooking that people don't understand. Mm -hmm. I think Ed, you know what I'm talking about because it's not just as simple as, Oh, you know, cook a burger or cook a steak and throw it in there. There's got to be love in that food for people to be able to mm. taste it and feel it. There's thought. There, there's accuracy. There's precision. Um, so, and that, like for me, that's the way I scope it. And some people will call it love. They call it that. But for me, it was timing. It's it, and that's something as simple as like when you put the salt on on the meat, that matters. Like all those little details matter. So for me, that was exhilarating. It was also calming for me because I had to focus. Yep, especially um, figuring out like the base of the food and getting that flavor mm-hmm. right from the beginning. Yeah. But, Layering, yeah. But you know, and here's something you didn't say that I thought you were going to say was, because it is for me, because I think all three of us cook. For me, it's therapeutic. Well, like, John, just, you you, you I, got that, that uh, smoker during uh, the summer that was... I mean, what you showed me you made in that was amazing. It's it's one of the best pieces of equipment that's I, – I thank Lori for that one. That is the best thing I ever got. Uh, the ribs, just any type of meat. I'm actually I, – I just bought brisket. Uh, I, I just – I love playing with that and, and smoking, smoking it. And I, I love cooking and prepping and getting that base down. Like, I can't wait to, to make chili. What I, kind of wood do you like to use? Um, I like hickory and actually, believe it or not, Jack Daniels. I know you all have something to say about that, but Jack Daniels makes um, a real good flavor chip uh, bourbon wood. Yeah, I, got I believe that. Yeah. yeah, I got nothing to say about that. I mean, again, it, it's it's the flavor of smokers to begin with is amazing, and then when you add those additives, I can't even imagine when you're doing like it's it's so much. Like I didn't even think there was so much into it because you have you have the smoker with the chips, obviously creating the the smoke. But then you have a pan in the middle where you're where they're like, oh, you put water in it. Well, you you read about it and you start tinkering with it. Could be you got to put salt in it because that's what keeps the the meat moist and flavors it, right? One day I put bourbon in it, and it it just was a phenomenal taste. You could put vinegar in it, and it gives it mm-hmm. a nice. You know, it's just you play around with it, and you're like, wow. You know, I can't wait. I got a big chunk of actually deer meat in there, and um, I can't wait to actually see what I could do with that. Ed, what's your favorite uh, dish to make? It's it's always the comfort stuff for me. Um, I like making eggs, eggs and potatoes. Um, like I do like making fried potatoes. To be honest, that's something that I, I really enjoy doing with like a like a lemon aioli. Mm-hmm. That's something that I it's a really good comforting for me. And olive um, oil. You know, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm one of those guys who doesn't believe in frying in olive oil. And I know a lot of people, um, they're like, oh, you got to fry in olive oil. I, I prefer more neutral oil. Uh, blended is fine. If you get your hands on a, a decent quality um, sunflower oil, that has been like more of my go-to. Um, I noticed that kind of went up in price. And that was bef- beyond the inflation piece. Um, I, I remember Stanley Tucci featured on one of his shows that uh, it was like a fried zucchini and sunflower oil. And like since that point, I watched like sunflower oil rise up. 
Like I saw, like, okay, uh, someone's talking about it now. We can make some more money on it. Um, but it makes a big difference. And I, I think, you know, frying in a neutral oil is something to do. Yeah, coconut really coconut oil works really well, too. Well, they have, that, they have a higher flash point, don't they? Or a lower flash point. I'm sorry. Olive lower. oil has a higher flash point. Lower. It, it doesn't. Lower. Yeah. So with olive, I like olive oil. I cook everything in olive oil. Um, it just gives it a nice different flavor than the regular oils. It's deep and rich. Yeah, but like sautés and stuff, That that's like my base. So if we're making like a pan sauce, oh, yeah, I'm going to add more olive oil to that. Um, yeah. I've been using a lot of butter for things. Oh, I mean, getting that, especially when I do fish, a little garlic, lemon, and just baste it, and oh, it comes out so good. Mm. Mm. It's it's the summertime, man. So it's, I you know, I, I tend to eat more fish around this time of year. Um, believe it or not, it's funny you guys talk about favorite uh favorite things to cook. I'd like to do this like once or twice during the summer. Garlic clams. Ooh. That's like with some fresh baked baked bread. That just. Because I know some people do it with the pasta. I want the bread. I want like bread. like the fresh bread, rip it apart, dunk it in the juice. Ed, like, do you, that, Ed, Ed, do you like bread? Let's talk about that. Have you bread. ever? So I have questions about. Let's bread. Let's not talk about I bread. Have, I still haven't gotten you, over my. Uh, have you ever my stolen bread, bread? I have stolen <laughs> bread before. I have. I've stolen an entire loaf of bread from my boss once or twice. Yeah. But it's still funny, though, because to this day, I really thought he said, you know, you, you can have the bread. And what you actually said is, like, just everything but the bread. No, like, I heard – I was, I was standing right next to you. I, I, I heard it loud and clear. I, I did not. Uh, yeah. And it's funny and, because but, I, I remember, like, going back, and I'm like, oh, man, I you know, I, I got a pretty long ride home. I'm going to take that bread. I want to cut it up. And there was some dressing there, like this olive oil dressing that was there. And I was going to dip some in it and just let it soak. And I'm looking around for it. And I'm like, what happened to the bread? What happened to it? And I go downstairs and Ed goes, that bread was so good. And I'm like, you son of a biscuit. You son of a biscuit. I can't believe you stole my bread. Uh, oh, he's like, He's like, Sam's really mad at me. I'm like, you took his bread, <laughs> but but he He's made exciting. up. He made up. He got me that. Yeah, he actually he made that great bread. Yeah, was it sourdough? That one was a partial sourdough because I was like kind of pressed for time. Sourdough, like you really can't rush. So for me, like when it comes to like if I need to make a quick bread, I could take depending on temperatures, kind of the feel of the dough too. I know where I can how quickly I can like proof and and bake, uh, but. A true sourdough man for the way the way mine comes out really well it's about 22 hours give or take with all the labor feeding growing proofing so no um, it was something it was, where we have it, a cook off or something. it was pretty amazing uh, well i mean it depends what we're going to cook off right i mean if it's going to be like your favorite dish against my favorite dish i think it it's all going to be different you know because mm -hmm. uh, I, I think i Excuse shared me. with ed one time i made a um my version of what I would call like a, a chicken marsala, but I, I didn't use marsala. What I did is I took some chicken breast. I, I, I took the mallet, I hand hammered it down to almost nothing and then flash fr fried it in the olive oil, a little salt and pepper. And here's the cheat code to what I do. I took cream of mushroom and cream of chicken from Campbell, mixed them up. And I, I, 
I literally painted the bottom of the pan with it. And then I layered the chicken and put a layer of that in between them. I took them potatoes, peppers, and uh, onions. And mm. I, I cooked them in the olive oil that I cooked the chicken in. And I, I got them real nice. I, I think, John, I showed you last week when I did it, right? I showed you a mm -hmm. picture of it when, uh, and you were like, how, how many people are you making food for? Um, it was gone that night. Yeah. yeah. It was gone that night. And um, because, again, if, if you put some thought into it, and like I said, I, I really love cooking. I enjoy it. I'd love your version of the, what was it, lentil soup? Yeah, remember that? Yeah. Oh my God, that was phenomenal. It was like yeah. lentil soup and what was it like beef, like something else? You mixed it, two it was soups it was like a beef barley lentil. Yeah. Yep, beef barley lentil. Yeah. And uh, my boss yeah. loves my soups. Um, I, I think, especially during the winter time, whenever I bring in soup, she's like, "Why? Why didn't you bring more? <laughs> why didn't you bring more?" Uh, I think I also uh, had you share some of the chili that I made one time, right, uh, John? Yep. Yep. Yeah. That was good too. That was really good too. Now, as a firefighter, you guys must have amazing chili. It, we we do. You know, it's so funny because in, in the firehouse, you know, someone's always designated to cook, and I have to. As much as I love to cook, it wasn't one of the things that I I did often because we had like we had a couple guys who were in culinary school. Like this one one guy, uh, Toronto, he made the best, believe it or not, fish tacos from scratch. Made his own sauce for everything. It was amazing. Amazing. What kind of sauce? It was a kind of go his own fish tacos. I don't it was like um oh God, what? it was like it was like a chipotle. Salsa verde? Was yeah, it like no, a it was like a chipotle, something like that. Your chipotle sauce. Okay, okay. Yeah. Could have been yeah. a, it could have been like a, a, spice, it, a spicy hollandaise or yeah 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 so it was something like that but it went well like you had the acidity from the lime juice it was just it was really good um this is so, making me um, hungry this is making me very i know hungry. i know let's let's just go i think right i gained now. like um, five pounds just listening to all this now. so ed so i it, i i i want to just i'm sorry john uh, i wanted to ask yeah. him something that i think is kind of in the theme of what we've been talking about for the last week or so I had asked you a question. How did you get into comics? Tell us that story. Yeah. Um, comics are like super, super cool. Super like a big part of my identity, believe it or not. I got into comics, uh, believe it or not. Um, I, I have a learning disability or had, however you want to categorize it. Um, way back when, you know, when they had NI as a diagnosis, neurologically uh, impaired, that eventually got, you know, DC'd or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I always had a struggle reading. I had dyslexia. And one of the things that I guess the uh, special ed teachers would always tell my mom is like, whatever it takes to get them to read, get them to read. And my mom would buy comic books. And that's how it started. And I believe it or not, it's, it, it was the X-Men Jim Lee run with, um, that really got me to read. And I'll, I'll forget that it's the, around the time that Omega Red was, had his first appearance. It was around the, the kind of height of X-Men, the animated cartoon. And that's how it started. And I, uh, from that point on, fell in love. And it's also like, it's the hero, this guy who, they they overcame whatever they had to. And I, I, being younger, didn't realize that. And as I grew older, I'm like, all these these characters, these, these personas, they have growth, they have development. But it's just, 
it's cool. And also the community that it brought to me, uh, you know, even when I was younger, it was me and my best friend. He liked comic books and video games and I liked comic books. Um, and it just, you know, our childhood and our, our friendship kind of started from there too. So it, it's sentimental and believe it or not, uh, from an economic stance, I, I really, I've had some pretty cool things happen to me with comics. Believe it or not, that's how I actually got a, a big portion of the down payment for my townhouse that I live in now from Sun Comics. So yeah, you have a phenomenal con collection. I was going to say, John, he got something for your son that. Uh, yeah, yeah. He um, as as a matter of fact, uh, he got the uh, Punisher. Um, my yeah. son is a Punisher fan, and uh, when he when he was home last, he uh, he I put when I put it in his hands, I, I didn't get a chance to tell you this. His eyes were like. I forgot about this. I said, I wasn't going to mail it. I said, I wanted to give it to you. He's like, thank, thank your buddy. I said, I will, I will. So, um, that was beautiful. Thank you. Um, what is your, your, your favorite superhero comic book? John, make sure you thank your son for his service and protecting us around the clock. Yes. Yeah. Thank I you. will. I don't know thank if you. John mentioned uh, this. Uh... He, he does, he, he, see that those are the real heroes, right? Those, yeah. those are the people who, you know, and I think that's why there's always that connection to uh, the Punishers, the Captain Americas, the U.S. agents. Like, you know, they they want to be heroes, and we all want to be heroes, but like they really embody that. Um, mm -hmm. So you're asking me my favorite comic book character or hero? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's hard. I like there's a lot of characters I gravitate towards. Um, uh, I think my my go to is Daredevil. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the Daredevils, the Batmans, the you know the guys who don't actually have superpowers per se. Mm -hmm. um, Quick question. Those are guys that. Quick question. Okay. Batman versus Superman. Who wins and why? Batman, all day, every day. Why? Um, believe it or not, there's there's a good comic book story arc about how Batman takes down the Justice League. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Single handedly. Yeah. Um, there's an animated uh, movie that comes out of it. So it's a little bit altered, but um, it was it Randall Savage hacks into Batman's um, his Batcave gets all this intel and Batman had a way to take down every single member of the Justice League without doing anything. It was all like psychological warfare. So yeah. I think Batman is one of those guys to like work smarter, not harder kind of mentalities. It's not about the physical force of things. That's it's, it's how do you get to someone? And I, I think that's why. Um, I, I'm really not a big Superman fan because he's like that. He can do everything, right? Like Superman has every single power, every single ability. Um, if he didn't have it, he has it now. That That's a lot of what was kind of unappealing with Superman with me. But that's but with Batman, per se, he's just quick on his feet. He's a detective. Um, I, I just... Uh, yeah, Batman. And, and even that. and even Daredevil. Daredevil has you know um, has a disability. He's blind. And yeah, he's blind. He, overco he overcomes that and uses his you know mind and and other senses for it. Um, and I I think I like Daredevil a little bit more because uh, with the comics he he always teeters right like with with his moral compass. It's like which which way does he go? So he's a very theologically based character too. Um, and I like that that character consi consistently has that narrative. Believe it or not, in the more recent comics, uh, you know, he was arrested because he killed someone by mistake. Um, but he winds up trying to 
create a, a prison system that is kind of like on a more adapted model. It's not about like being people incarcerated, it's about rehabilitation. So I like how, you know, that's still like the kind of character they keep him as. Um, it's funny, as I'm sitting here listening to you and you're, you're very, the, the way you think, it, it didn't click till just now. Um, you're also a very um, statistical guy. You like numbers, you like um, data. And methodical. as I sit here and I listen to you talk, yeah, methodical. When I sit there and I listen to him talk about it, he's it's a very methodical thought process about these superheroes. That's uh, that's pretty interesting. I got um, to tell you guys a, a real quick story. When I was five you're, years, you're a superhero. Well, um, wait till you hear this. When I was five years okay. old, um, if you guys remember the old Batman with uh, what was that guy's name? Adam West. Adam West. Yeah. So I was watching one where him and Robin are climbing up the side of a building. And I went outside, I found a bunch of rope, I tied it together, took a couple of sticks, I made a X, and I lived, um, I think I told you guys, inner city, so they were fire skates. So I took, <laughs> I took it, I threw it up, and it, it caught the fire skate. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is cool. So I start climbing up, and I'm maybe about five feet off the floor. My feet are flat against the building, and I remember like just standing there for a second with my feet flat against the building. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm just like Batman. Before I know it, the rope snapped. Bang. Yeah, the rope oh. snapped. And I come crashing down on my tailbone. And I'm laying there on the sidewalk, right? Barely could move. And this lady comes over and she says, get off the sidewalk. People walk here. And I just like, <laughs> and I remember thinking like, over here. yeah. And I just remember thinking like, I think I'm dead. And this woman's <laughs> yelling at me to get off. I crawl in the house and you know, my mom says, what are you doing? Get up and like clean yourself off. And I literally slept probably like 20 hours straight because I felt so broken. I couldn't walk right for probably a good two, three, four days in a row. And I had a massive hematoma on my tailbone. I'm sure I broke my tailbone, no doubt. Um, but I, I look back at that and I'm thinking like, man, there was something so wrong with me at that time. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Um, yeah, I think we all have those those stories where, you know, we tried to be Superman and jump off something we shouldn't have or, you know, you, you know, Bucky, didn't you hang off a, a train or something? I jumped out of a moving vehicle once or twice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. What did you I, call I, him? Not the brightest idea. Did, uh, you call, did you call him Bucky? Bucky, Bucky Barnes, um, Steve Rogers, the Winter Soldier, uh, Captain America's best friend. Got it. And, <laughs> and that would be probably my second go-to as far as like you know favorite characters. A lot of a lot of development and growth with that character. A lot of uh, redemption. So yeah, and I got Ed the best Christmas gift last year. That was pretty good, actually. Hold on one second, guys. Sure, let us just pause the podcast for you. We'll be right yeah. back after so, these commercials. Yes, tomorrow the weather's supposed to be 83. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Cloudy with oh, a and chance of... And back to Ed. <laughs> so speaking of Bucky, I was, I was finally able to get my hands on a copy of the first appearance of uh, Winter Soldier. So I was able to get my hands on a 9-8 recently. Oh, wow. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah, That's is... amazing. He's holding up 
Captain America. What's the number? Uh, so this is number six of the uh, 05 run. So technically this was a, an homage to issue 555. But, you know, it's, it's you know, Star Spangles, you know, it's Captain America. So. You, you know, um, Ed, it's funny. Uh, when I met you, um, you were very, uh, and I mean this all lovingly, you were very, you came across very um, counselor-ish, very um, therapeutic, therapist-like. Um, and then as I got to know you, I'm like, ah, oh, he likes comic books. He's, you know, funny. He's got a, a, a great um, way about him. And, and you, you do, you have this great way about you. Is this something that you take with you and into the field and you try to use um, in the skills that you have in the field? You mean as far as like, uh, like, give me a, what do you mean? Like, like, like as far as like, um, you know, this field can wear on you. It can break you Mm -hmm. down. It can, you know, maybe even heartbreak you. And it seems that you have a, a way of, of talking to people and bringing them out of it. How do you yourself stay above that? Is that, do do you like Um, talk to yourself about it? You know, work on it. I mean, I, I actively, I actively see a therapist for it, to be honest with you, because burnout is such a big part of our field. And it's always nice to have someone who's, uh, you know, outside of it. Right. Cause Mm -hmm. even amongst like us and my, my wife, even she's a, she's a clinician as well. And we have a circle of clinicians. It's um, we're all connected. We have stories. Uh, believe it or not, clients overlap. I, I hear it's funny. Like some people cycle through the system. You hear the name once or twice. Um, and so I think for me, having someone removed from it, who like I give them my side of the story because they don't have anyone else's side of the story. Right. I try to be as honest and objective as possible. So for me, that's a big tool. Um, you know, the 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 reading, uh, the comic books. Um, those those are things that help me help ground me a little bit but um pokemon pokemon like i love yeah. my pokemans um but i think it's also just uh it's part of what i went to school for too and I, I really cared about it um a lot of what i focused was like burnout and how the field can beat you up and how um believe it or not my, my direct thing in school was how turnover impacts both organizations and service recipients that was a lot of what i focused on and it, you know, it was it was fun for me. I, I love yeah. doing like you guys know. I like the research, the methodical part of it. And um, when I think about do going through the dissertation process, reading, reviewing, typing, um, I miss it. I, I miss the academic experience. And so uh, I think that's why I bring it so close to me, and why I'm, I'm I try to be consistent with applying it with, when I when I work in the field. Um, but I'm passionate about it, but also knowing that passion compromises reason, even when it comes to something logistic or logical. When you're too passionate, it compromises you. Hey, John. Yes. Academic. Academic? Mm-hmm. What about it? That's a word. Okay. All right. Did, did, yeah. All right. Thank you. I, I, I thought it would and, ring. And this has been brought to you by the letter A. <laughs> I thought that uh, that would ring a bell in your head about a conversation. But it's okay. So um, I, I do want to say my experience with you, Ed, is you've always been you've always been gentle when it came to other people's feelings and emotions, and it really does show your 
um, objectivity to separate things and not let things get to you, but to try to focus on the person that you're trying to assist and trying to help out with. Um, what got you into this field, into the whole IDD field and behavioral health field? What made you connect on a different level? Because this is not an easy field. Um, we all have our own issues. We try to deal with them. Um, we try to take the therapeutic part of what we have learned from whether it's school or experience and then translate it to other people, which is never the easiest thing because you're trying to help someone else from your side of experience rather than from what their experience. What can you share that brought you to a different place in taking care of the people in our field? That's, that's a good question. I, it's not a, it's, it's hard to kind of pinpoint the moments or even kind of where to start. Um, it really did start, uh, let, let me try at least. It's when I started working at overnights as a residential counselor and not really understanding the scope of what their needs were. I knew I was working overnight, so I was working people with a severe mental health um severe mental health needs and so it was like considered an a plus plus group home i'm not sure if that's still the um how things are referred to um in that world but i remember like wow these people need a lot of help and um someone's got to do this someone's got to help them and uh i would see some pretty crazy things um <laughs> i had one guy who uh uh, his psychosis was he thought he was Dick Cheney and it was like sincere. Don't like, we he, all? He, um, but like, but it's, it's funny though. Cause like we, we talk about it like we joke around with our friends and we, we, we make all these weird, you know, we joke around. Right. But just when you watch someone say something and genuinely mean it and you, and then you look at them, Oh wow. Like their micro expressions, their, their expressions period are clearly indicating that they believe this to be the truth. Yeah. They're consumed well, by it. They're totally consumed mm -hmm. by it. And so I'm like, wow, who's going to help these people? And um, who's going to help this population? And uh, the, the the youthful part of me was like, hey, I'm going to be one of those guys. Now I'm going to change the world. I'm going to change the field. And, you know, I kind of learned and grew like, yeah, I'm not going to be that guy per se, but I could, there's a, there's a quote that I, I pull from a movie called Death to Smoochie. Um, <laughs> can't change the world, but you can make a dent. And it's kind of one of those things that I keep with me. And, um, I try to make it dent everywhere I go with any every person that I can. Um, sometimes I lose scope of that, just burn out, right? Uh, but I'll never forget those moments of like, wow, these people really need help. And uh, I want to help them best I can. I, so in our field, it's um, we call it compa compassionate fatigue, where you um, care so much about somebody. And that happens in the firefighter and the EMS and... Uh, first responders in general, as well as people that work in healthcare, and I think it's a real—it's a very real phase that we go through because we don't just take it as a job; uh, we take it mm -hmm. as this is our mission to try to help these people that are having these complex issues, and it, mm -hmm. they are complex. And I think the hardest thing—we spoke about this um, in a different podcast where the psychosis is so real, it's very, very hard to sometimes break people away from it, even with 
medication and therapy and all those things. It's not a situational piece that they're going through. This is a real life-changing episode that they are still dealing with every single day. So um, I understand that, uh, Ed, and, and the gentleman you're talking about, that must have been a very tough discussion trying to talk to him as a, a person he's yeah. not. Yeah, it was, um, it was I, I think about those moments uh, when it was like three in the morning and I'm like struggling to keep my eyes awake and he was like a daunting tall individual just like kind of loom over me with the big baggy eyes. I'm like, oh boy. Um, and I would, <laughs> I would try to de-escalate him and find him somewhere in the middle. Um, and even from that point too, it just, there was, there was other individuals who, uh, make kind of like a big impact on you. Um, I've actually had the pleasure of running into one of them recently. Um, when you see them, it's like you get a different kind of feeling and it's kind of unfair, right? You know, cause like you can't, you don't want to have favorites or you don't have someone, you, like you, you don't want to have like a unique relationship or friendship or some sort of connection with them, but sometimes it happens. Um, as long as you know how to separate it, as long as you know how to really separate it and not give the wrong impression for the, for even for the right reasons to give the wrong impression of what your role in that person's life is, because that then causes them a lot more disruption. And I think that's also like a very tragic experience too, right? Because we as professionals need to put up that boundary. Um, it's that's our role. We are the at, at any level. You're still a direct support professional in my scope, in my opinion. And to put up that boundary is, is tough because you know what you want to give them. They can really never have sometimes. Some of these, some of these people will never have the friendships, the relationships that um, a lot of, I guess, the, um, the uh, what, how did I phrase it? The um, neurotypical community would have. Like, I, I, I have some friendships I've had for years. Um, a lot of the neurodivergent population don't have that. And I think that's like one of those things that always, that always sits here with me, like kind of like gives me reflux always a little bit as I rub my chest a little bit. Um, it's heartbreaking, man. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're not, I, I, I want to go over something significantly serious with you that, um, I know it might be tough to talk about, but I, I, I think it's worthwhile to bring it up on, um, on discussion here, um, the robe and the guitar. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, you forgot the knit hat. The, the knit hat. <laughs> the knit hat. I mean, it did bring yeah. it together. No, it's funny. I, I, was, I was contemplating wearing the robe. I really was. I I was hoping. So early on in the conversation, you had mentioned Stanley Tucci. So. Mm -hmm. When I first met you, I pictured you like to me, you remind me of Howie Mandel a little bit. Okay. <laughs> right. Just the way okay. you, you, you hold. Right. And then, then the robe thing, the robe and the whole knit hat and everything. And then you mentioned Stanley Tucci. And I was like, that's it. Stanley Tucci in a robe cooking. <laughs> that's playing that's the guitar. Like, just, yeah. And, and, you know, let's not let's not shy away from the fact that you are a really good guitar player too, a bass, right? Bass player. I mean, I'm I'm okay, right? Um, oh, you so that's you're one so of those short. things. I'm, you're phenomenal. I you know what the thing is? I like I like my practicing. I like my my um, running my scales. I like running the modes. Um, 
But you also do you also do gigs. I mean, don't 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 uh, be. So... I used to do gigs. You just did one I used recently. To. Um, you just did one recently, didn't you? I know you're right. I just played uh, somewhere over the rainbow um, for a friends friend uh, for a friends of my wedding. Uh, that was actually really nice. So it was a really nice thing. What, what's the name of your band? The Robes. Um, the Robes and the Nitats. Yes. <laughs> yes. The Nadas. The Nadas. Did you see that on the front of the drum set? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. The Nadas. Yeah. No, just the, like a the knit hat like the monkeys did. <laughs> I think of the guy from the monkeys with the knit hat. Oh, what a great man. vision! What a great vision! Yeah, no, you, you, you are a um, don't ever sell yourself short, um, Ed. You are a phenomenal human being. Um, we thank you for all that you do. I thank you for everything you've done for me because you've definitely um, uh, talked me off a couple cliffs, mountains, sides. So I, I think we've all supported one another, though. I think that's. Yeah. I think yeah. I think we supported one another, all, all of us at one point. I think that's what you know one of the many reasons why i enjoy our friendship so um thank you i and, appreciate that John, yeah very and, much. And, and this field and this field um you know we need that and you know one of the things that you know we we didn't really touch on is you know how you take care of yourself because we take care of other people and when we continuously take care of other people we have to take time for ourselves as well and um you know ed i think for you it's cooking it's playing a guitar it's you know, maybe sitting there in a in a hat and a robe and just chilling. You know, um, I think that's that's how you take care, take time for yourself. Little column A, little column B. Yep. yep, yep. Well, we're coming to that hour. Um, yeah. Or that. Mm-hmm. So, Ed, thank you so much for being on the show, and um, we're looking forward to the next episode with you. Um, thank you so much, gentlemen. Yeah, appreciate you, man. So yeah, that was uh, that was really good having Ed on. Yeah, I I I love Ed. He's a a wonderful person, individual. I learned. I actually I went. He's not on, so I can say this. I actually learned a lot from him. Um, he was uh, someone that I, I looked up to. So um, I really appreciate Ed. Yeah, same here. He's a good guy. He really he's got a great heart about him. That's one of the things I really enjoyed working with him and being side by side with him because they were pretty tense situations at certain times that he was able to help me as well as others get through it. So he's a good guy. And uh, I think him being honest is going to do a lot of good for people in Bora Bora. Um, I think Libya, uh, South Korea. Yeah. 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 South Korea, Libya and Afghanistan, 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 Antarctica, Antarctica. How could we forget Antarctica? Oh my God. Antarctica. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're coming in strong. I mean, um, I think, I think the, the, the storms that were in the ocean, I think they subsided and the um, wireless internet was able to transfer there. Is that accurate? Did they put a Wi-Fi extender? Is that what happened? Yes, they plugged it into the tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> right, into the, right into the tree, right on the coast. They got close to the beach, the water. It was just coming in. Yep. Yep. Thank you, everybody. Uh, thank you. Thank you for listening to Jersey Smarties. Everyone, have a great day on purpose.
Hey, thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to Jersey Smarties podcast on any number of formats. Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever. Just click on the button. Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Thanks for listening to Jersey Smarties. Real talk, real people. Oh, thank you.